0: Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Brain Fuel is a cerebral beverage that helps you find your flow state, enhance mental focus, and cognitive endurance. Elevate the brain and the body. To get yours, visit brainfuel.com, B R E I N fuel.com, and enter the code LIFO15 at checkout for your 15% off discount, L I F O 1 5. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office, powered by BrainFuel. And looking forward to uh, Robin Fink, who is part of our Next Up Partner series. And she's the director of PR and brand partnerships at CKE Restaurants, which we'll get into Carl's Jr. and Hardee's and uh, some other brands that she's worked for in the past as well. But, um, you know, excited to also just talk about does the brand marketing landscape look like? when it comes to thinking on the other side of the table. A lot of the people we've had on the podcast have maybe tried to sell the sponsorships or marketed their team, but then being on the brand side and actually having money to spend sometimes. um, we'll, We'll dive in a little bit to that, but Robin, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. Excited to be here.
0: So, when you first thought about your career in sports, did you ever think you'd be working with brands like Carl's Jr. and Hardee's? And and then is the question that you get all the time: Do you get free food? Is that something?
1: That <laughs> often? Um, I didn't think I would be working on the consumer side of a brand when I started my career. Um, I actually was a broadcast major when I first or when I entered UF. I thought I was going to be the next Robin Roberts. That was my My career goal, I had done a lot of broadcast stuff in high school Um, and I had my tape in hand and I I talked to a professor and they were like, come back when you're a junior, do all your classes. And I'm the type of person that likes to get involved, likes to intern, likes to be doing things and learning. Um, So I started interning and volunteering for sports information and had some internships with the Miami Dolphins and the Florida Panthers. And you know, as everyone I'm sure talks about on the podcast it's really hard to break into sports from a team side Um, you know I I had the I did do that with the Florida Panthers for a little bit but I went the agency route instead and actually um, wound up working on brands that always activated in sports so I worked on MasterCard, Verizon, Taco Bell, um, Samsung so I was very lucky in the sense that I, I switched my career path to public relations but always was able to work in sports in some way, shape, or form throughout my career. And even you know, when I did go in-house to Carnival Cruise Line and now at Carl's Jr. and Hardee's.
0: When you think about working in sports, you don't immediately think of the brand side, right? And, and the perspective that you gained or you have gained over a long period of time working for a variety of brands is certainly different than one who get you know, gains a perspective on the team side or gains perspective from a league side, et cetera, as you're talking with colleagues and and conversing over deals and and those sorts of things, what are some of the perspectives that you've gained on the brand side that maybe others wouldn't understand necessarily, uh, vice versa?
1: Um, I think the biggest perspective is making friends with those who are working on the contract because a lot of times in my role, I don't, Execute the large contracts for spokespeople. If we're doing a one off for a spokesperson over social media posts with athletes, I will. But, you know, for example, when Carnival signed Shaquille O'Neal as our chief fun officer, I didn't execute the contract, but I had to make sure that, you know, there were enough pub- PR days included, social media posts, event appearance days. So you need to make sure that you know the added value and you know the people working on the contracts and you get to see it. Before it goes to signature, um, because it's always harder to add in a PR day on the back end and, you know, than in the beginning, because then you wind up paying more.
0: What's the biggest difference between having a deal with a team versus an athlete and the individual themselves?
1: It depends on the athlete and the individual. You know, we've looked at partnerships throughout my career with you know leagues teams athletes and some research that we found um, when I was at carnival was fans associate with a player first then the team then a league so that's how we wound up working with Shaquille O'Neal is he's so likable he's so fun he emulated the brand and everyone knew him you know when we also did have team deals for markets so we were partners with the Dallas Cowboys obviously the Miami Heat um, the New Orleans Saints the, and, the, and the Houston Texans, because those were key port cities for us. Um, so, you know, I think also the deal is always a little bit different. When you have team deals, you'll get a lot of spots and dots, a lot of in stadium signage, and not as much with the players and the social media posts, which is what I, I want and need in, in my world. Um, you know, so when you have a person, you know, like Shaquille or a team or a player, For an event or for a long term deal, you get more of the appearances, you get more time for social media. Yes, you'll still get him in advertising advertisements and promoting sales and whatnot, but you truly get to um, elevate and use his personality, which, you know, if you have the right person emulates what your brand is trying to get across.
0: Because the personality component's super important in terms of connecting with people, right? Obviously, there's a team affiliation. It's interesting that you mentioned the athletes to the team to the league versus a sport, right? And, and the sport maybe doesn't necessarily matter. It's more so just the affiliation as a whole. And when you think about the spots and the dots versus the social media and digital media and where everything's going... How do you push as the person on the other side to say, hey, this is what I really want and this is what I need. Can you deliver it or not?
1: Uh, I mean, it's it's working hand in hand with your integrated team, with the media team, with the sponsorship team to say that, you know, yes, a radio ad is important and hearing his voice on the radio is important. But if I have a program or a campaign or doing something in the community Or if he has a you know a product that we're bringing you know to a Carl's Jr. to a ship like we need him to be authentic and to show it. So working with the personality and working with the right personality is important because you don't want someone just to hawk a product. You know like even now I just started at Carl's Jr. and Hardee's and when I started you know you're getting all the the emails from agents and agencies and here's my roster and my response is I don't want your roster. I want to know like do you have someone that loves fast food? Do you have someone that's worked at a Carl's Jr.? Hardee's is, you know, very generational, very familial. So did you have someone that grew up in the South and and worked at a Hardee's? You don't know that, you know, like you want my money? You have to do a little bit of work.
0: <laughs> it's definitely, you know, you're on you're on the fun side where you get to actually spend it as opposed to having to try and earn the dollars on the other side. Exactly. But to your point though, the fast, you know, a fast food chain, in in Carl's Jr. Hardee's is much different than a carnival, right? Where yes. your objectives are different. So from a brand perspective, how do you go about putting yourself, obviously look, you're immersed in the culture because that's your job, but how do you put yourself in the shoes of the brand when you're sitting in those meetings?
1: I mean, I think you come in and you really understand the brand and learn, which is what I've done. You know, I did at carnival and, and did now at, at, at Carl's Jr. and Hardee's, you know, my advice would be to someone coming in in a a position like mine new to that industry was meet as many people internally as you can. Like when I started at at Carnival, I met with the VP of entertainment, the VP of beverages, the VP of food. So I knew what was important to them. What stories did they want to tell? Like same here at Carl's, you know, we're 96% franchise owned, but I still met with our VP of ops for both Carl's Jr. and Hardy's because while they're very similar, they're also different. Like I kind of use, the, I kind of describe us as fraternal twins, <laughs> you know, our, our menus are very similar but our audiences are different. Um, you know, Carl's is very West Coast um, and, and Hardy's, like I said, is very generational South Midwest brand. So you're gonna be talking to different people and the same spokesperson or athlete might not work for that brand.
0: When you think about where social digital media is going, have there been proposals that you've got sometimes where you're like, wow, this could be a really fun idea, but how the heck is this going to happen?
1: that's a good question. Um, Yes and no. And some of it has come from internal, like our internal team being like, can we make this happen? You know, but again, it's, it's surrounding yourself with a good team. It's, it's surrounding yourself with good agency partners. You know, I've always had a great agency from a PR perspective, from a video production perspective. So it's really working together to, to be able to come up with the best way to do it. You know, one of the, the great things about working with Shaquille was he wasn't just a paid spokesperson. Any project that we worked on with him, whether it be advertising, social, or PR, he always came with ideas. You know, we always, you know, if we're on set with him, he would always add something to it or want to try a different prop and it a lot of times made it into the final product and it wasn't scripted to the the beginning but that that's when you know you have a great partner because he adds he he adds his own value to it without just showing up and, and filming for the day
0: yeah no that makes sense you know you mentioned you started in broadcast obviously you went through agency and the brand side but what are some opportunities as you know individuals are looking to either break into the industry or they want to go from a property to a brand and so on. How do you navigate that space differently than maybe when you tried to first navigate the team space?
1: I think it, I mean, it's, it all comes down to relationships. You know, it's it's the relationships that you make throughout your career that you starting with internships um, because you never know who you're going to meet. Like, Agents that I worked with years ago, I still keep in touch with and and get a phone call from, you know, or say, hey, do you have someone in this market? I'm looking to do something. Um, You know, even when I was even looking back when I talked to students, you know, I wish I knew more about the octagons and the IMGs of the world, because that might have been a path I wanted to take, knowing that the parts that I love about sports marketing and and PR, um, But again, I like I was lucky to work on brands that always activated in that sports space, even though I was always at a PR agency. Um, But then I got to know those people at Octagon, at the league, at the brands. So I made those connections. So, you know, last year I was a victim of pandemic layoffs and was freelancing. Um, I tapped into my entire network to get projects to put resumes in front of people. Um, so I think no matter what, every piece of advice I say is the rela- relationships are key. And it's, to me, it's something you can't teach.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's been a theme across a lot of episodes, right? But the relationships are different for everybody, right? How you go about building a relationship is different for you than it is for your counterpart or the person that's the team in the league. And then you know, depending on, hey, you don't have to receive incoming requests for everything, right? I'm sure there's some partnerships where like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, let's go talk to these people. Um, You then could potentially leverage your relationships to get to those people as well. Um, As you've seen the relationship kind of pendulum, we'll call it, you know, swing in, in different ways throughout your career. Is there something that you've kind of stuck to along the way whether it's you know consistent contacts you know throughout the year is whether it's handwritten notes I mean just something that's unique to you that someone goes yeah Robin does this
1: um I would say remembering the little things um you know I I I do and doing the check-ins and wishing happy birthday and and not just looking them as a transactional deal like I'm not saying you have to be best friends with every single person you meet, but, you know, it, it's remembering what you guys did together so you can tie a conversation back to something personal. I mean, you know, even next up, like, Shripal is someone I worked with eight years ago at Taylor. Um, and, you know, we were friends, you know, LinkedIn and connections and, you know, I was reaching out to all my contacts and he just built a great group of talented sports marketing individuals. And I'm really excited for them, but all those people are connected, you know, it's six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but put in some sports marketing person um, in some way, shape or form. And that, and that's how you do business, especially I think now in this post pandemic world where brands aren't going to have the dollars to spend on huge agencies, not saying again, but like in the beginning, you know, groups like next up or freelancers, like I was doing, that's what brands are going to rely on while business returns back to normal. So
0: that was my next question is what's going to change for brands going forward, right? Obviously there's been a shift to some extent for some, and, and maybe, maybe it's just dollars, right, to, you know, depending on how their business was impacted. I mean, you talk about Carnival and cruises, right? Like, I don't know if I've even, is our are, are cruises happening yet? I mean, um,
1: they're very close, close to resuming um, in Alaska in July.
0: Okay, so they're getting there, right? But like, their business has been traumatized Quiet for and,
1: 15 plus months. <laughs>
0: yeah, and so, like, as you talk about being the person that has the budget and what you're looking to spend and how you're trying to get your, whether it's your ROI, your ROO, whatever, uh, you know, acronym you want to use, how do you go about managing that throughout the year? And also just being smart about investments going forward?
1: Um, I mean, you said you have to be smart with your budget. I mean, you know, Budgets vary by brand. You know, I had different size budgets at Carnival than I do now, but it's it's being scrappy. And again, like it goes back to relationships because I can utilize my relationships and be honest with them and say, look, we've worked together for years. I don't have the dollars I have, but I really want to work with you. I'm looking for this. How can we make it work? And just like brands, they're athletes that are still, you know, they want to build their business and their future and whatnot and are looking for So while pre-pandemic, they might've been charging 7,500 for a post, they'll take 2,500, or they will work with you and and take some gift cards. I think it's, again, it goes back to reputation and relationships that you build throughout your career. But I do think, you know, I do think budgets will return. I think you're seeing brands start doing events. I think events are coming back. Um, So it's exciting.
0: It's, it'll be interesting to see if anything changes in how, you know, brands activate based on, you know, a different audience, right? Or, because some sports have now had different audiences based on, you know, whether you were able to play them or not during the last 15 months. And, you know, do certain brands get into certain spaces because now there is a, a different audience they want to try and attract. It'll be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think for us, you know, when dining rooms closed, we went all drive-through. So a lot, you know, we're seeing a big tick in esports with our guests, you know, and, and our fan base. And you know, when you do the research and numbers like this, you know, fast food fans or QSR fans in esports because you would, you couldn't go out, so you would go to a drive-through, pick up, you know, your lunch, dinner, whatever. You go home and you 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 hop on video games. Like esports has had a huge lift in all of this. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. It is interesting to where fans will be putting where brands will be putting their dollars.
0: Esports isn't new anymore. Right. But, but it's newer than say, if you were to go and do a deal with, with an NFL team or something of that sort. Right. So how do you go about looking in respect to the esports deals and go, well, maybe some of the assets aren't comparable, right? Like, how are you going to put that deal structure together in something that maybe hasn't been done before.
1: I think it depends on what we, what assets we have on both sides. Like, again, it goes back to, is this gamer a big fan of Carl's? Like we've heard all these gamers are big fans of Carl's Jr. Out on the West coast because a lot live in LA. Um, So, you know, what are you willing to do to have, you know, and is it a logo on your Jersey? Is it, you know, feeding, you know, some, Offers I've gotten include like feeding, um, you know, bringing food to the tournaments and, and having our food truck there or for catering and things like that or gift cards. So, again, it's just evaluating it, working with, a, you know, the right team to help evaluate it from not only just a return on ROI, like you said, on media spend, but what are we getting from a social perspective? What are their social numbers look like? What's their audience? How are they engaged? So it's like going through your checklist of all the verticals of the marketing meal um, and seeing if it aligns.
0: You've got to have a favorite commercial from either Carl's Jr. or Hardee's before you stepped into the job, or at least did your research going into that component. Do you have one?
1: Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. I would definitely say probably the most iconic is Paris Hilton.
0: That's, that's a common one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's move into our brain fuel segment because, you know, from a sports marketing perspective, right. You're kind of switching, you're switching your brain in, in a lot of different directions, depending on what you're dealing with. And if you could have the brain of someone else for one day, who would it be? Anyone or was it the ones you gave me? Anyone.
1: <laughs> oh gosh.
0: Or it could be Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and
1: okay, I'll go with that list because that's what I've been thinking yeah. about. So of the list you gave me, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Kamala Harris, and um, Michelle Obama, I think were the yeah. four. I would say right now, today, I would say Kamala Harris because you have she's in the room. She like like President Biden said she's the last person in the room. He's she's the last person that he would ask her opinion. Um, obviously she's a a female in a very high, high ranking position and I've just, you know, admired the work she's done throughout her career. And I just, I do like the way she thinks. I think she's very eloquent, um, sort of a mastermind, a little manipulative. (laughs) Um, so I would say, I would say vice president Harris.
0: If you, you know, from a, from a sports business perspective, if you look at it, no matter what side of the spectrum, what's the most important aspect of the mental side?
1: Um, I need to do a better job of it, but it's separating personal and professional, you know, like I get so attached to my job, whether it be in sports, the brands, my team, my role, um, you know like everyone says if you love what you do you don't work a day in your life and that that and that's true i i absolutely love what i do and you know i think i still have a little bit of ptsd from the pandemic and and what happened with the cruise industry because it wasn't something any of us were expecting you know when i look at my career and I, I literally look at the port of miami so i see all the ships coming in um but it's something that i've been you know told to do and try and do is is separate it and i and i think Having that break from working and, and freelancing for seven months has allowed me to come out my new role in a new perspective um, while still being, you know, personally attached and giving 100%, but being able to separate it a little bit more.
0: Taking that kind of new perspective, how do you mentally prepare for each day?
1: Um... I am a creature of habit. So, you know, before I go to bed, I look at my calendar and when I wake up, I check my email and I look at my calendar. Um, but honestly, I work out first thing in the morning and I don't take my phones in me to class or the gym. And I have that hour, hour and a half where I just work out and get my mind ready. And, and, you know, physically and mentally, it gets me ready for the day.
0: I would imagine this is similar to similar answer in that, your secret to productivity is working out in the morning, but once you've got that workout and you're, you're in it for the day, what's your secret to productivity?
1: I mean, if I told you, it's not a secret, but That's <laughs> um, true. I think it's. Surrounding yourself with a good team and a good agency again, because. You know, and always trying to respond to emails. Like I try not to get too far behind in emails. It's, it's, Learning how to balance, learning how to focus, but I think um, being able to delegate too. I'm more productive when, you know, I know that I my team is working on something or the agency has got it under control and I can focus on what what I need to do. But again, it's a, that workout in the morning that gets me me ready and, and allows me to be productive. Because so I think if I don't do it in the morning, I, I'm spending the day being like, oh, I didn't work out today. When am I gonna get this in? Or I just don't feel as good, so.
0: It's, it's definitely, it's kind of like, once you've been out of it for a while, it's really hard to get started again, but once you're in it and you're, and you're consistent, kind of that creature of habit, it's like, you can't live without it. Right. So there's kind of the two extremes. It's really hard to be in the middle somewhere.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And like, I've had these conversations like at night, like people that go first at seven o'clock, like some people might be the exact opposite of me and love to work out at the end of the day. And they look forward to that. Like. A, I wouldn't do it because I'd be like, oh, TV time. I'm like, I'll get on my couch. But um, you know, so I just think whichever when you do, it, and I think, you know, obviously the world has changed, working schedules have changed. You know, when I was freelancing, I could go for a walk in the middle of the day, which also from a mental perspective is is great and needed, you know, while you're working. Working from home is very different. Like I'm not walking to meeting, to meeting, to meeting. I sit in front of my computer and I talk to everyone like this all day long. Um, So you miss that as well. So I think it's important to get up a little, a few times during the day and go check your mail or just go for a quick walk and grab a smoothie.
0: How do you, to, to that point, as we kind of wrap up, how, how did you go about starting remotely? I mean, that's not an easy feat for anyone who's had to do it over the last 15 months. How do you, how do you go about it? And what is the big lesson that you've learned?
1: It's definitely weird. <laughs> um, you know, you, you don't have orientation in person. And, and like I said, you know, when I started, I wanted to meet with all the different people in the departments, you know, so I still did, I still made sure I did that because I knew it was important to me and my role. It was just virtually, you know, so it wasn't like, Hey, let's grab a coffee in the cafe and, and chat for 30 minutes. It's, scheduling it over Zoom and making yourself look presentable and, and having those conversations. Um, I think it's also just important to check in with your team, you know, on a regular basis or, say, you know, my, my new boss was wonderful. Like, she'd send me like a little care package when I first started. So it's, it's again, that personal touch and, and developing relationships. And and you, you get used to it pretty quickly.
0: There's definitely a different way um, to go about it. But like you said, kind of each individual has their different preferences. Um, each company kind of goes a lot about it a little bit differently, whether they're, you know, small or big or mid Um, so really appreciate the perspectives insights, uh, Robin on just kind of your, your view from a brand perspective and the different ways that it can all come together. Um, any last thoughts for our listeners?
1: Um, no, I just want to thank you for having me. If any listeners are aspiring to be in PR sports marketing, I'm happy to link in with anyone and, you know, have conversations and it was great being here.
0: Thanks Robin. Appreciate you being part of the next up partner series on life in the front office podcast powered by brain fuel. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Remember, you can get 15% off your next purchase at Brainfuel.com, B-R-E-I-N fuel.com with the code LIFO15L L-I-F-O-1-5, I F O one five at checkout. And if you like Brain Fuel, give us a shout out, comment, share, and leave a review. And a reminder to get your copy of LOL, Loss of Logo, What's Your Next Move? Our new book written by Andy Dolich and your host, Jake Hirschman. If you go to mascotbooks.com and enter the code LIFO, L-I-F-O, you'll receive 50% off at your checkout or available on Amazon, ebook, and print.